Joe Biden went to the Virgin Islands for Christmas and he spent $1.7 trillion. Man, I thought I spent a lot on vacation. <laughs> What's up? This is Marque Saves the Republic. And it's true, Joe Biden signed this $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, which nobody really wanted. Well, except for the Democrats. Uh, and he did it, it while he was in the Virgin Islands. He, did, he didn't even bother to come home. He's been on vacation. Um, he's been in, where is it? St. Croix, I think is where he went to. Uh, yeah, he has a vacation home in St. Croix. He went there uh, last week and they wanted to make sure that they could get this thing signed before the December 30th deadline. So rather than President Biden come back to Washington, D.C. and sign this ridiculously large, historically bad $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package in the White House like he's supposed to do, they uh, got they packaged up the whole thing and they flew it down to him in St. Croix, you know, like like, I don't know, like he like instead of faxing it to him, they just put it on a plane. And so now, in addition to the one point seven trillion dollars that it's going to cost Americans, it costs us another, what, 50, 60 grand um, that it that it I'm sure it, in fuel and expenses and whatever to get these staffers to fly it down there. And then, of course, fly it back because, God forbid, uh, Joe Biden should spend time, you know, doing work at the end of the year. Uh, Edward Lawrence tweeted, a White House official tells me the omnibus bill is in possession of the White House and it has to be signed by December 30th. The official says at some point it will be transported to St. Croix for POTUS to sign to make the December 30th deadline. This is the epitome of Joe Biden's uh, contempt for the United States of America to spend so much of your money. I mean, think about this. This is all taxpayer money. This is all your money. It's money that that you're never going to be able to pay back. Your kids aren't going to be able to pay back all being borrowed from China. It's mortgaging your future. And Joe Biden's not even doing it in his office. He's not even doing it in the country. He's kicking it at some luxury resort in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. And he's saying, oh yeah, while I'm lavished out here spending taxpayer dollars on my ties or, or I mean, probably not, probably just really expensive jello, let's be honest. Um, you know, and, uh, and Jared Tall cocktails. <laughs> I don't even know. Jared Tall teenies. That's what Joe Biden's having with Jill on his vacation. Jared told Jared Taltini, put a little, put a little uh, twist of prune in it. You keep me regular. Um, but anyway, that's what he's doing on vacation. And he's, he's too lazy to even come back and, and sign this bill. So they've got to send it down there for him because we need to make his life as, as easy as possible. It's really, you know, when, and when, when it comes to bad looks for a president of the United States, there is no end to the number of bad looks that Joe Biden is willing to give us. Um, because again, he doesn't care. He's got more money he, than he ever needs. He's got it from China. He feels well protected. He feels like he's insulated from any kind of investigation. He feels like he's sticking it to Jim Jordan already. He feels like the Republicans are a big mess and they're not going to be able to get their act together. He feels like he's never going to uh, go to jail. He feels like his son is insulated too. He feels like he's been able to protect Hunter Biden and that big tech was able to stifle with the help, with the not even the help, but the demands, by the demands of the FBI and the CIA, Big tech was able to stifle uh, any and all involvement, um, you know, with this New York Post story that, that was supposed to be the downfall of him and his, his administration and his entire family. He feels like he's got that all, all under control. So why shouldn't he be kicking it in the tropics, signing away your future uh, $1.7 to spend on dumb stuff? Um, you know, it's, it's Biden. That's what he feels entitled. And that's something that we've definitely got to work toward to stop. And one of the thing, one of the ways we're going to do it is in 2023, we're going to vow every single day to prepare the Republican Party for 2024. We're going to prepare the voters. We're going to prepare the candidates. We're going to lean on our Congress people and our senators. We're going to make sure the right people are put in place in 2024 to win all these elections. 
We're going to make sure that the party itself has unity and a cohesive vision. We want to make sure that if you don't have the same unity and cohesive vision as the rest of the party, we feel free and prepared to boot your ass out. And I'm talking to you, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, you're, you're, dude, your time is almost up. Let's be honest. I will, I will fly to Utah and do as many free events as I need to. I will broadcast from Utah. I will talk to as many Utahns as I need to to get this clown-nosed rhino out of office so that we can have some true conservatives like Mike Lee, who's also from Utah, um, that will that will help fight for America and for you and for the Constitution and for, you know, good stuff like that, not bad stuff like whatever it is, Mitt Romney, yeah, for Ukraine and, and whatever else. And one of the ways that we are going to do that, of course, one of the ways that we have um, that we're doing that is not only with the show and not only with the podcast, but also I've put together a list of 10 Republican revolution resolutions for 2023. These are 10 things that I believe the Republican party needs to do immediately in the coming year so that they can prepare for the next year, which is 2024. 2024 is the big one. 2024 is when we can win back the white house. We can win back the Senate. We can maintain our stranglehold on the house of representatives and even grow it. It's a very important year. That's a year that we've got to look forward to. And we've only got 365 days to set it up. So I've put together a list, a whole document. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty decent sized document, uh, a few dozen pages. And, um, what you're going to do is you're, if, if you read it, if you look through it, you're going to see, this is exactly what everybody from top to bottom, not just whoever's in charge of the RNC and God forbid it's Ronald McDaniel, but it looks like it's going to be Ronald McDaniel again, not just the candidates, but every voter, every, every person who's uh, a, a conservative broadcaster or mediator or talking head. And of course, everybody who Everybody who votes and tweets and trolls and and goes online and has any conversations with anybody ever, ever about what it means to be a conservative. Um, this is a list, a starting point of 10 things we must do in 2023 um, heading into the Republican Revolution for 2024. And I'm going to make that public probably in the next couple of days. If you're not yet a member of our Catriot Network, go to markk.com right now, M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E.com and sign up because that's where it'll you'll hear about it first there. The Republican Revolution resolutions uh, for 2023 will be made public to the Catriot Network first. So if you're not a member yet, go join uh, markk.com so that you'll know when this thing is accessible and ready to go. And like I said, it should be just, you know, pro I mean, I'm, it'll be ready by the first. So that really gives me like another 48 hours uh, to get it all out there. So definitely go to markk.com and sign up if you haven't already, uh, because that's important. Something else that's important is that the Democrats start to are starting to see some issues with their own identity politics. And this is what we talk about identity politics a lot. And identity politics is dangerous for a couple of reasons. Number one, you shouldn't hire somebody based on the color of their skin, the genitals that hang from their body, either or don't hang from their, yeah, yeah never mind. Uh, you shouldn't base it on their sexual preference. You shouldn't base it on their religion. You should base somebody's qualifications for a particular job on their, well, qualifications for that particular job. And a case in point is Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is the transportation secretary of the United States of America. And as a lot of Democrats are learning, probably one of the worst people to ever hold that position, probably one of the worst people to have been chosen for that position, probably one of the most inept people to ever hold any cabinet post. And nobody should be surprised because the only reason Pete Buttigieg was chosen was, well, there's two reasons. He was chosen to be the Department of Transportation secretary because they needed him to get out of the presidential race. So they, they bribed him with this role and whatever future funding or support they're going to give him for 
presidential runs or political, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but they made him transportation secretary and they said, please step aside so we can put Joe Biden in the White House and protect ourselves for at least another four years. He graciously did that. But the only reason he was in that position is because of identity politics, because the Democrats saw this young gay guy from South Bend, Indiana, who literally had no experience. This guy, his, his entire political life, the biggest thing he ever did was get elected mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And if you talk to people from South Bend, Indiana, he wasn't even really good at that. There's still potholes that he promised to fix that he never even bothered to fix. And now he's trying to fix major airline delays around Christmas with Southwest Airlines. It's a joke. It's never going to happen. And of course, it didn't happen. Uh, but Pete Buttigieg was thrust into this position to be president of the United States based on a, a mediocre run as mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And they did it for two reasons. Number one, he was young. Number two, he was gay. And they thought, well, this is the kind of identity we need moving forward. We need to be progressive. We already got uh, Barack Obama to be the first black president. Now we need the first gay president. Uh, Hillary couldn't really cut the mustard becoming the first female. So let's just move on to another minority group. And they didn't care that he wasn't qualified. They didn't care. They didn't know what he was doing. They didn't care that he was a bad mayor. They just thought young gay guy looks good in a suit, speaks well, done. We'll make him president. And he did pretty well in the primaries. He won a primary. I mean, it depends on, I don't even know if the Iowa results from 2020 are out yet, but he had a pretty good showing. He had a pretty good following. Everybody loved Mayor Pete, even though they knew nothing about him, except the fact that he liked to sleep with dudes. Uh, but that was enough for them. You know, that, there, was, there were a lot of people who thought just because Barack Obama was black, he would make a good president. There's a lot of people that thought just because Hillary Clinton was a woman, she would make a good president. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that thought just because uh, Mayor Pete was attracted to penises, he would make a good president too. I don't understand the correlation, but whatever. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is we're starting to see now that he's bad at all this stuff, especially the job he took to get out of the way for Joe Biden to become president. And that is the Department of Transportation Secretary. Uh, and a lot of prominent Democrats, Ro Khanna, for example, who is really, I mean, Ro Khanna is one of the leaders, the new leaders of the Democrat Party. He's a super liberal. He's like right over there with, he's right over there with Bernie Sanders, but he attacked uh, Pete Buttigieg in a tweet. He wrote nearly six months ago, Bernie Sanders and I called for Buttigieg to implement fines and penalties on airlines for canceling flights. Why were these recommendations not followed? This mess without Southwest could have been avoided. We need bold action. So he's calling out Pete Buttigieg. And notice he didn't even say Pete Buttigieg. He didn't even say Secretary Buttigieg. He just called him Buttigieg, which is a sh sign of disrespect for somebody who, well, probably doesn't really need a lot of respect anyway. Um, uh, but the, he's not the only one. Nina Turner, who is a former uh, congresswoman, I believe, uh, senator. She was a state senator from Ohio. And she wrote, this is incompetence. This is what placing unqualified people in positions of power to do the bidding of corporations will get you. There is a direct line from Secretary Buttigieg to the Southwest Airlines debacle, and we shouldn't pretend there isn't. Now, she called him Secretary Buttigieg, whatever. But here's the deal. She said, this is what placing unqualified people in positions of power will get you. Pete Buttigieg is unqualified to be in a position of power. The only reason the Democrats picked him is because he's homosexual. The only reason they wanted him to be president is not because he's qualified, not because he knows how to do the job, not because he has some vast political insight or he's some expert on our, our democratic republic 
and the Constitution and negotiating with terrorists and all these other. No, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't have he's not even an expert in basic uh, economics. And he simply and he certainly has no he certainly has no uh, experience with transportation systems. I mean, what he ran, he ran one of the smallest bus routes in Indiana. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to trust him with the entire transportation system for the United States of America. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, but Pete Buttigieg was gay, good looking gay guy in a tie could speak well during a debate. That's what the Democrats look for. Look at Katanji Brown Jackson. Joe Biden even said he, he, he came out and he said, Hey guys, here's the deal. We are going to choose a Supreme Court justice who is a black woman. I don't care what her qualifications are. Don't care if she went to law school. Don't care about any of that. Black woman justice. And then we'll see if she actually knows how to do the job later on. Identity politics is dangerous. The only qualification that anyone should look at is whether or not this person is qualified to be whatever it is you're hiring them to be. I'll, be, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you an example from the Republican Party. Look at George Santos. George Santos, I firmly believe, was overlooked by a lot of Republicans because of the identity politics. They said, okay, everyone calls us racist. Everyone calls us homophobic. Everyone says we're xenophobic. Everyone says we don't like immigrants, whatever, blah, blah. The list goes on and on. So here comes George Santos, gay, Latino, conservative. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty gosh darn sure there were a lot of Republicans who just frothed at the mouth, who were so excited. They were like, man, oh man, sakes alive. I can't believe it. We got a, we got a gay Latino in our party. Get him elected ASAP. Throw him up there. Do whatever it takes. And I guarantee that he wasn't vetted the way he would have been vetted if he were uh, a white male, for example. I, I don't believe that George Santos was, I think that there are a lot of Republicans that were just excited to play the game that the Democrats play because identity politics is a Democrat game. Republicans don't care about that. The only identity that conservatives should care about is whether or not this person is a conservative. And too many times, too often, we hire people or we, we elect people because we like the way they look or the way they talk or because, oh, we don't have that minority group represented. But when it comes down to it, the only minority group, and it's not really a minority group anymore, it's a majority group, but the only group that needs to be representative in the conservative Republican Party are conservatives. So, so put blinders on, you know, cover your eyes. Don't worry about what they look like. Don't worry about how they sound. Don't worry about where they pray or if they pray. Don't worry about who they sleep with. Don't worry about what their pronouns are. None of that is, none of that matters. All that matters is, can this person do the job better than anyone else? And if the answer is yes, hire them. If the answer is no, but they gay, or no, but they black, or no, but they're Jewish, or no, but they're a Muslim, or no, but they're all of the above, then it's wrong. This is how we end up with, with uh, people in the, uh, in the government that steal bags from the terminals. This is how we end up with, um, you know, people in politics who lie about their backgrounds um, and slip through the cracks while they're doing it. Identity politics is dangerous to the United States of America, and nobody should be chosen for any other reason than, hey, I'm good at this job. And the conservative party going into 2024, and this is a, one of my big resolutions for the uh, Republican Revolution resolutions in 2023 is conservative is the only identity that matters. Conservative is the only identity that matters. Black, white, yellow, brown, polka dot, gay, straight, bi, 
I don't care. Conservative is the only identity that matters. That's the only way we're going to get these morons out of office. It's the only way we're going to fix our country, our airlines, our economy. And it's the only way we're ever, 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 especially in 2024, going to save the republic.